0: Because Christ is still, just as he's the essence and the substance of justification, so Christ is also the substance of sanctification. So that when we do good works, when we do things that are right in the eyes of God, he sees them as right, he sees them as holy, because of the same Christ who died to save our sins and who died for our justification.
1: 500 years ago, Martin Luther would gather around the kitchen table with friends and theologians to talk about the Bible, theology, current events, and anything else. These discussions were called Table Talks. No matter what the question, the conversations always centered around Jesus and His promise of the forgiveness of sins. Table Talk Radio takes up the conversation, bringing the promise of the gospel to our lives. Stay tuned for Table Talk Radio.
2: Well, you've done it. You tuned in to another edition of Table Talk Radio with Evan Gigline and Pastor Brian Wolfmiller. How are you? Yeah. Good, Evan. Thanks. Good. What are you doing anyway? You're walking around your office. You're doing show prep. Oh. <laughs> You're supposed to have it done before we started. Don't worry, it's done. <laughs> yeah, it's on is... the shelf still. Is this how you went through seminary? Don't tell anybody. (laughs) Uh, Today on Table Talk Radio, another great show. Um, It's always a great show here on Table Talk Radio, but especially so on this one. (laughs) When we're playing Who Wants to Be a Theologian? I do. Uh, You want to be. We'll see if it happens. And then uh, after that, we're playing Which Ladder. These are my two most favorite games. Uh, You haven't said that for a while. I was starting to wonder. Uh, And then after Which Ladder, we're playing Church Father or... Another dot, silly game dot, that dot. takes
3: too much time to prepare for. <laughs> so if you like this game, enjoy it today, because this, I'm sure, will be the last time that we play it. Unless I can get Evan to do the prep for it, and then that's a different story. I don't do any show prep, so <laughs> everything I, I come with, I just
2: make up on the spot. Well, let's get started then with who wants to be a theologian? I guess are you, you come in as a seminarian, is that right? That's right. Go through the levels again. You start as a lowly...
3: Uh, a measly. Well, you start pretty high. Uh, you start out as a seminarian. Lowly, measly, <laughs> empty-handed. How do how do we describe a seminarian as someone with empty hands and a guilty conscience? And that's what it is. So you start out as a seminarian, and then you have this monstrous jump. If you get the first question right, you make this monstrous <laughs> jump to peasant. And then after that, what is it? I can't remember. A the, monk. A uh, monk. And then or, following a monk, you become a reformer.
2: Yeah. And then if you complete the game, you get the last one right. You become excommunicated. Oh, yeah. That sounds good. Luther style. Yeah, Luther style. That's a good way to put it. Your lifelines are you can phone a pastor, phone a professor, or phone a district president. All right. So those are your options. All right. right. First question. Okay. Why was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego cast into the fiery furnace? Was it A, they were caught stealing from Nebuchadnezzar? They were murderers? C, they didn't worship the golden image Nebuchadnezzar set up?
3: Or D, because they were cold. (laughs) I'm going to go with C on this one, Evan, because they did not worship the golden image. Uh that is correct. You uh, have reached the the stage of peasant. I should again I should have answered it like a seminarian but we don't have time for that in the segment. We go on and on and on and something <laughs> about this and that and who knows what and how you don't prefer Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego because it's their Babylonian names. You prefer to speak of them by their <laughs> Hebrew names and call them Saint Shadrach and all this business. But anyways, we'll just stick with the simple Are you done? <laughs> all right peasant time all right um then to become a monk you must answer
2: this question the gift of the holy spirit was given in acts chapter two was given by which prophet of the old testament was it a joel b daniel c jonah
3: or d joel osteen I always like the D. I wish I could answer them sometimes. (laughs) The promise of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit uh, is from Joel chapter 2. That's what Peter says anyways. This is what the prophet Joel promised you when uh, your sons would see visions, your young women would dream dreams and all of this. Uh, So the answer would be A, Joel. That is correct, making you a monk. All right, we're moving up. Uh, this well, is going fast, by yeah. the way. Hey, here's something about that outpouring of the Holy Spirit, too. Joel talks about the former and latter rains being together so that, uh, you know, in Israel there was two rainy seasons, the first and the last, and, and Joel's saying it's all going to come at the first, so, so that there's this kind of uh, marvelous outpouring of the Holy Spirit there at the beginning of Acts. Uh, confirming the Lord's promise that he would send his apostle, His His Holy Spirit to accompany the apostles. So Jesus, in John 7, 16, 17, he, he sends out the apostles and he sends out the Spirit together, and that's how we have the New Testament, the apostles inspired by the Spirit speaking of the Lord's word. So that's fantastic text. Yes, and uh,
2: also I, I want to take a quick look at this sermon uh, preached by Peter where he quotes uh, the, the prophet Joel. And, um, you know, sometimes on Table Talk Radio right, we play this game, uh, Law and or Gospel, um let's that 's my favorite game just a just a quick uh quick game of that you want to you do this real quick yeah sure okay at the end of the sermon it says uh, uh therefore let all the house of Israel know for certain that God was made him uh, th- that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified would that be law and or gospel pastor wolf miller
3: well that 's That's coming as strict law. I mean, there is some gospel that that the Lord Jesus is crucified, but the way that Peter is bringing it says, look, this this Jesus is God and the Messiah promised from of old by the prophet David, by the prophet Joel, by all of this, and you put him to death.
2: And let's let's see then how they respond to that. Verse 37 of Acts 2 says, Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. So let's see what uh, Peter says to them uh, now that they're pierced to the heart. Uh, they say to Peter first, "'Brethren, what shall we do?' And Peter said to them, "'Repent, let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ "'for the forgiveness of your sins, "'and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit.'" For this promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off. So it seems here then that the scriptures are teaching us that the the answer for sin and being being cut to the heart by the law is the forgiveness of sins given to us through the gift of holy baptism. That's exactly
3: right, and that's the gospel. So they're cut to the quick. What can we do? And Peter says nothing. Repent. That's passive. Be baptized, and the Lord will take care of you. He will forgive your sins, and He will give you the Holy Spirit. Uh, which is for you and for your children, for all that are far off in this gift of baptism. So that's exactly right. All right. Moving right along then. What am I now? I'm a
2: monk? You're a, you're a monk. Yep. And you're aspiring to be a reformer. All right. Let's see how that goes. Okay. And you need to finish this uh, verse, or fill in the blank, I should say. Blessed are the blank, for they shall be called the children of God. Is it A, peacemakers? B, merciful, C, meek, or D, pure in heart? Uh, for the, What's the blessed
3: or the blank for they will what? Shall be called the children of God. Um, this is, of course, from the Beatitudes where Jesus gives in the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount these blessings there. Um, and I think this is uh, the, the, called the children of God. Is the peacemakers? I think that's it. that's it. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a peacemakers. Is, is that it? your final answer? <laughs> no, since you've never asked that before, <laughs>
2: I, I might you, want to change. You never sound so uncertain before <laughs> either. <laughs>
3: uh, blessed. What are the other options? Uh, merciful. Okay. Meek. It's I know it's not the pure in thing. heart. Pure in heart. I don't know. Some pure in heart. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, I don't know. Merciful could be it also. Uh, but I think I think it's peacemaker.
2: Are you trying to throw me off? I don't know, but you should just pick one. Peacemaker. Final answer. That is dun dun dun. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my You were really sweating. Because you want to get to the, this last one. Yeah, can... I want to use the, <laughs> the lifeline. I don't
3: know what happens if I get one of these wrong. We can't stop the game. Another, con- We don't have anyone to be another contestant. I know, I know. This is
2: to be excommunicated. The question is What is the central theme of the Holy Scriptures? Is it A, you can be saved if you're good enough? B, the story of the magic mushroom, secret text of the ancient drug cult? I actually had someone tell me that that's what the Bible is about one time. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Or is it C, we are justified through faith in the sacrificial death of the Messiah? Uh,
3: oh, that's, that's a good question, Evan. That's a tough one. I think I'm going to have to go to my lifeline.
2: Okay. <laughs> uh, who's, which, yeah, you can phone a pastor, phone a professor,
3: or phone a district president. I think I'll phone my district president, Pastor Randy Golter. All right. Go ahead and pick up the phone. Hello, hello, Pastor Golter. Yes, this is Brian Wolfmuller. I'm uh, I'm on the hot seat. I'm playing in the middle of the game. Uh, Who wants to be a theologian? And I have one final question uh, to be able to make it to the level of being uh, having the honor of being excommunicated as Luther did. So, uh, so I. So You're I've...
4: always on the hot seat, aren't
3: you? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So I've called, and Evan is going to read the question here, and I need your help. Okay. All right,
2: are you ready? I am ready. Okay. What is the central theme of the Holy Scriptures? Uh, This is why he needed your help on this one. (laughs) Is it A, you can be saved if you're good enough? B, the story of the magic mushroom, secret text of the ancient drug cult? Or C, that we are justified through faith in the sacrificial death of the Messiah?
4: Oh, this is a tough one. (laughs) That's what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, the first two are very similar of course of what we got to do. The third one is totally what what God has done for us. And so I'd say C. It's, I'll go with that. I'll
3: say I'll say I'll agree with my district president uh and say <laughs> uh yes, C is the right answer that we are saved by faith in the sacrificial death of the Messiah as the theme of the entire Old Testament.
2: Uh in the whole all of Holy Scripture oh, too. She, oh yeah, the <laughs> Yes. Because the New Testament talks about it, too, a little bit. Okay, okay, you're right. And the answer is yes, uh, letter C, uh, that we are justified through faith in the sacrificial death of the Messiah. This is sometimes, Evan, why it's good to have a good district president. He can help you (laughs) with things like this. (laughs) Well, uh, that about does it, then, for this segment of Table Talk Radio. Uh, We're going to play, though, Which Ladder. Um, Would would President Golfer like to join us for that game, Which Ladder, here on Table Talk Radio?
4: Oh, most certainly. What do I have to do for it?
3: Lots of works to earn your own righteousness. We'll we'll explain it after the break. Yes, so so we'll be right back playing Witch
2: Ladder with uh, President Golter of the Rocky Mountain District of the Missouri Senate. Right back here on Table Talk Reading. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Don't forget to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org, and uh, our voicemail message system, 866-851-5523. Uh, I have an idea. It just came to me, a new segment. It's called Stump the Pastor. And uh, call in with your really hard questions to that number, 866-851-5523. We'll point them to Pastor Wolfmiller and stump him. And then I'll call District President Randy Golter, and he can answer for us as well. How about that? <laughs> You can only use him as a lifeline once. Come on. <laughs> All right. Well, we're playing Witch Ladder, um, a new game. Well, actually, we've played this before, but uh, Pastor Wolfman, I'm going to let you, again, explain this how this game works. I'm happy
3: to explain the game because it is my favorite game that we play on Table Talk Radio. The way it works is it's based on a... On this book by Adolf Caberly, uh, this uh, old Lutheran theologian who talks about really summarizing Luther's teaching and says that every false religion is a combination of one of three different ways uh, to get to heaven. So this is how the game three ladders works. We listen to some sort of audio clip or, or read some sort of quotation. I think we have some audio today. Uh-huh. And we're going to say, which ladder are these uh, teachers and preachers in the church telling us to climb? Are they telling us to climb the ladder of moralism to be good enough? To, to sanctify our will? Are they telling us to climb the ladder of, of mysticism, the emotional ladder of feeling some sort of ecstatic connection with God? Or are they telling us to climb the ladder of rationalism, our own thought, uh, being smart enough and understanding enough? Well, we have joining us still on the phone uh, District President Randall Golter, who's a president of the Rocky Mountain District. He's been district president for the past uh, five years? So, seems a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's going to help us out with this game. So,
2: All right. Well, here is the first clip. It's a clip from Hannity and Combs uh, from Fox News.
1: And coming up, Pastor Rick Warren is here to tell us all how we can make it to heaven and also what you can expect when you get there. Every
3: day I get a choice. I can choose to go God's way or I can choose to go my own way and Satan's way. If I walk out this door... Or I walk at this door. I don't have anybody to blame but myself. It's my choice. And you think a lot of people will go that way? Oh, I'm certain they do. Because the bottom line is I want what I want, what I want. The bottom, people ask me what's the greatest sin. Is it this or this? I'll tell you what the greatest sin is, wanting to be God. Pride. It's pride. I want my own way. And the basic, what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ is to say, I give as much of myself as I understand mm-hmm. to as much of Jesus Christ as I understand at that moment. And mm-hmm. then you keep growing in it.
2: All right. Uh, Pastor Ruffler, I'm going to let you uh, announce the, the ladders again and we'll let President Goulter uh, take a crack at this. For
3: sure. So we want to, as we as we listen to this clip we want to say is, is Rick Warren is he telling us uh, he's telling us how to get to heaven and which ladder is he telling us to climb the ladder of our will uh, moralism the ladder of our emotions uh, mysticism or the ladder of our mind rationalism or speculation so what do you think about that Pastor Golter?
4: well it wouldn't be mysticism I don't believe nor uh, rationalism but I would say it's moralism because he believes that every person has the the moral authority or the power of the will to make the right choice. Uh, you know, this is very similar in one sense to um to Mormonism, which you know, they have the on their jewelry C T R choose the right. And so this is nothing but moralism.
3: Yeah, that's right. Now what I, he says that we have a choice every day, I give as much as of myself exactly. as I can to as much of Jesus as I know or something as like much that. As I, much of Jesus as I understand. What What is wrong with that, Pastor Goulter?
4: <laughs> you know, doesn't that remind you of Jesus' encounter with that rich man? You know, the um, but I've done all these things from my youth, <laughs> but he hasn't done them perfectly, and no one can do it perfectly, of course, except one. And There's no one good except one. That's what Jesus said. And that's the goodness of God. I mean, He is. He is good incarnate, and every Jesus did he did was good. So everybody else is is bad and does bad things.
3: Yeah, that's right. So no one is good, not not one. That's how Paul gives it to us. So that any sort of illusion of our own goodness, or any sort of um, any sort of teaching or preaching that says that we would gain, ha- I mean, that's it. Would be one thing if uh, Rick Warren says, "Look, we should." Try to do good every day. That's one thing. But when he says that's the way that we get to heaven, I mean, really, that's subverting the gospel because it's saying I don't. He didn't say anything about Jesus except for giving as much as we can. Just understanding who Jesus is. Yeah, yeah. So our own kind of palsied understanding of who Jesus is is somehow enters into the equation because we're doing our goodness for him. But uh, but Jesus doesn't have anything to do with with the way that we obtain salvation. So. I think, I, I think that's right. Moralism, it's, it's our own will and our own choices. Mm-hmm. So that's good. That's, I mean, it's good to know that. It's bad to have that teaching, because the Scriptures don't teach us to be good enough, uh, but rather that we are sinners in need of the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ.
4: So can you imagine about the people who actually think they're doing pretty darn good? I mean, the, they're uh, victims. They can be victims of pride, you know, yes. Look and see what I'm doing, and then the other people who are dis- who are crushed or despairing, they think, "Well, I can never do this."
2: Yeah, that's right. And I think what's so what what's most dangerous about the former that you mentioned is that there's no need for Jesus. Then, you know, if you think that you're pulling it off, you think you're you're growing in that, as uh, Rick Warren said, that uh, we're growing in, in the knowledge of Jesus. So therefore, we're just doing, we're giving to Him as much as we can. Well, then there's no need for Jesus to redeem me for the sins that I commit day
3: in and day out. Uh, should we uh, go then to our next clip here? Yeah, let's have it. We have another clip and so another ladder that we're going to be choosing from. Uh, yes. Do you want to set this up or yeah, just drop it on us? This is,
2: uh, this is from the Today Show. It's uh, rather old. but it's when they were doing a uh, series on how do you get to heaven and they were doing kind of a survey of all religions. And this is when they were talking um, about Buddhism. So this is a, a little – a brief clip from the Today Show about Buddhism.
1: This morning, more of our series, How Do You Get to Heaven? Buddhism is the world's fourth largest religion with about 376 million followers, but most of us here in the West are mystified by the Buddhist concept of heaven. NBC's Campbell Brown is in Hong Kong with more. Good morning again, Campbell.
2: Good morning again to you, Lester. These are ideas that are so foreign to so many Americans and yet so prevalent here. The idea of reincarnation and cycles of life in Hinduism and the heaven on earth that Buddhists are trying to find.
4: There are many heavens in the Buddhist faith.
0: Heaven in Buddhism is actually a state of mind. You don't have to die or anything to get to heaven because... It's more about
2: becoming enlightened. For many Westerners raised on God-centered religions, a Buddhist meditation might look like a prayer service. In fact,
1: Buddhists are not praying to Buddha. They are focusing their minds to find the path to Buddha's greatest discovery, heaven on earth.
3: The ultimate destination
0: is to be right here in an enlightened way, to become a Buddha.
3: All right, that's the clip. Whew. Uh Okay, so our three ladders—our three ladders again—are moralism, the will, mysticism, the emotions, um, and rationalism, the mind. Uh, Pastor Golter, what do you think about this clip?
4: Well, I'd take a stab at this and say emotions. That, yeah, I mean it's very interesting. With, I mean, with these, this clip and the last clip, I mean, the 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 real cause of this is that you know God has created each person, you know, with with a desire to be one with God, and so the first answer was to be one with God by trying to make yourself better, like God. And here you're trying to be trying to be like, well, uh, perhaps be God yourself, or, or become unified with God by your meditation, or or uh, illumination, or or uh, as you would say, Pastor Wolf Miller, I, I would think perhaps emotions too and to get this feeling through, through meditation that you are one or channeling with the Spirit and you feel God. Um, that's what I would say anyway.
3: Yeah, that's right. In fact, K. Worley will talk about this, uh, mis- uh, Buddhism as mysticism, and he says this, The most complete development of the teaching of the essential unity of the human soul with its divine source has undoubtedly taken place in India, there we are told that the distinction between the universal ego and the single ego is a delusion; that fundamentally there is no duality. According to the teaching of the Upanishads, salvation consists in the mere recognition of the unity of Atman, the basis of the soul, with Brahman, the basis of the world. So that now these Eastern religions then are are based on this uh, on this um, principle that. We have the illusion of identity, we have the illusion of individuality, we have the illusion of suffering, we have the illusion of person, and that the way we obtain salvation or nirvana is by uh, meditating in such a way that we work past the illusions and we realize our unity, our essential unity uh, with the divine whatever it is. So so this is exactly right. This is a, a classic example of mysticism, even though I don't think the interview there did such a good job in, in explaining it uh, quite right. No, they go on more, too. So okay, a, a No, but that's good. But I think that's right. Uh, mysticism.
2: And I, I do see that, uh, that some of this bleeds into uh, Christianity a bit with this... Uh, Emergent church and postmodern business, where it really focuses in on yourself to to uh, you know find the answer within, and uh, so really we're not free in the Christian church from from this uh, lottery. E- Uh, Either So within the last 30 seconds, Pastor Ruflin, why don't you tell us about the ladder of Christianity, which is really no ladder at all.
3: Yeah, that's right. Uh, In fact, I have the privilege of being taught this by by Pastor Golter, who taught me that Christianity is not about us climbing up to heaven and storming the gates of God, but rather about the Lord descending to us to sink himself into our sin and our flesh and our death, so that by his dying and rising again, we would be forgiven and have life of sa- and salvation. So rather than us climbing up to God, the truth is about the Lord Jesus coming down to us.
2: President Golter, I want to thank you so much for being on Table Talk Radio. It's a, a privilege of ours to have you on.
4: That's a privilege. Uh, thank you so much.
2: Thank you. All right, uh, right back. More Table Talk Radio right after this. Uh, next up, we're playing uh, Church Father or something. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, this is another invention again by Pastor Wolf Miller. We'll be right back on Tip Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Uh, (laughs) Thank
3: you. (laughs) Sorry. I
2: appreciate being back here. What is going wrong? I don't know. Uh, We're playing uh, Church Father Orr. So how this works is uh, you're going to... Give me the name
3: of a church father, is that right? Well, uh, I don't know. You know, I normally like to say that every game on this show is my favorite game. little shtick <laughs> I have, you know. Oh, it's my favorite. This is not one of my favorite games. I, You know, one of the reasons a game can be my favorite is that it requires, you know, three or four seconds of... Show prep. This one is not, again, another one of those games. But look, we got some uh, we got some uh, some stuff here, so we're going to do it. Again, if you enjoy this show, make sure to enjoy this segment, because this, I'm sure, will be the only time <laughs> you get it. Now, the game is Church Father or, and the way it works is this. I will give you two options. One of them will be a church father or a figure from church history. Another will be something different. Uh, and you have to guess which is the church figure from church history and which is the other thing. So, uh, and I think again there's 200 points on the line for guessing Okay, we'll see if I can get them.
2: points this time.
3: I think you'll get a few out of this one. You got 50/50 chance anytime so <laughs> that's,
2: that's a lot better than last time. We're at yeah.
3: 33% chance. So so the way it works is like this, okay? For here's the first question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Church father or a cheese. And your choices are <laughs> Munster and Munzer. Munster and Munzer. One is a church Munster father. Munster and Munzer? Yeah. One is a church father and one is a cheese. Are you going to give me a hint of what? Uh, no. To, that, oh. That's it, all you get. 50-50 is good enough.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, Munter and Munzer, right? Uh, Munster. What? Munster. And Munzer. And Munzer.
3: Or Munzer, I guess. With the umlaut. Munzer. Munzer.
2: Okay. Uh I'm going to guess uh the latter is the
3: uh the church father. That's right, Evan. Very good. Thomas Munzer, uh born around 1489, died around 1525, was the German religious enthusiast uh, born at Stolzberg the at Hartz near the end of the 15th century, educated at Leipzig, graduated in theology, had different preaching appointments, and he was normally as he is the beginning then of the Anabaptists. He was the first radical reformer, so he he started all these revolts. He got the peasants up in a uh, in a rile. He understood the Reformation to be the freeing of men's consciences uh, rather than the freeing of the gospel uh, from all the different authorities. So he was finally arrested and 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 put to death. Uh, so that's uh, a Munster. Uh, of course, Radical Reformate, the second ge- generation of the Radical Reformers was, were the pacifists. That's where uh, Menno Simons comes along and starts the Mennonites. Uh, Munster, on the other hand, is a cheese that comes from the Alsace region of France dating back to approximately the 7th century. Uh, the cheese is made from unpasteurized cow's milk and matured <laughs> in damp cellars uh, for five weeks or even more. So in
2: terms of uh, show prep, how long did that much right there, uh, that that we finished off in in
3: three minutes and 30 seconds? I'm glad it took at least that long. (laughs) So, uh, okay. All right, I got more. Look, I got to use all these or I'm going to feel really terrible. So here, the next one is this. Church father or kitchen knife manufacturer? (laughs) Ready? Ready. Furbinger or furry technics. (laughs) Well,
2: the, the, <laughs> again, the latter uh, sounds like it would be a kitchen
3: knife manufacturer. That's right. Furry Technics <laughs> Party Limited is an Australian manufacturer and <laughs> developer of kitchen knives that sells under the abbreviated name of Furry. And I only know that because I'm a kitchen knife enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about that. Ottomar Furbringer, on the other hand, was a Saxon immigrant and early Missouri Senate leader who died in the year 1810. Uh, he studied theology at Leipzig, etc, uh, et etc. Cetera, et cetera. He came with the Saxon immigration uh, with Brahm and bringer founded the Concordia College in Perry County, Missouri. He was first instructor of classic languages and history. Uh, he was a pastor in Illinois. He helped draw up the Missouri Senate Constitution, uh, was president as, president as a voting member at the first meeting, et cetera, etc. Cetera. So you got that one right too. Ferbringer uh, is the uh, church father. Uh, Saxon Immigrant. You're doing good in this game, Emily. Wait, 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 wait. Let's, let's, let's talk about the score now. Yes. How many points do I have? Uh, f- you got two right. That means you have 400 points. That's the best showing I've ever had on Table Talk Radio. I know. You're going to want <laughs> to play this game again. I do.
2: Yeesh. Now,
3: how many more do you have here? Uh, two. Okay. Two more. You ready? I'm ready. Church Father or Unique Genus of Spider. <laughs> <laughs> Your choices are... Erasmus and Erasianus. <laughs> I don't know if that's saying it right. Erasianus. Yeah, Erasianus and Erasmus. I-, I believe Erasmus was a church father. Well, yeah, if you understand, again, church father in the loose sense. He was a figure of uh, church history. Uh, he was. Uh, he, in fact, he was one of the uh, big... Uh, f- Teachers in Luther's day, uh, he he in fact was one of Luther's opponents. When Luther wrote the Bondage of the Will, he was writing against Erasmus, who wrote the Freedom of the Christian Will. On the other hand, Erasinus is a genus of <laughs> spider family, uh, Saltanacide, some sort of jumping spiders. All three uh, of these species are known only for the from males. Uh, some guy named Simon thought that they were close to Vicaria, judging from the shape of the male palp of this, etc. this thing I can't pronounce. It belongs to the same genus as Epius, which was split from oh, Virkinia in 1984.
2: Got it? And once again, I only knew that. Uh, not only am I a kitchen knife enthusiast, I'm also a spider enthusiast. Yeah. Well, good. Arachnophania. <laughs> All right. Last one. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. We're really eating up. Uh, we're going to
3: through this quick. Yeah, how much time do we have left for this last one? Uh,
0: <laughs> oh, we're all running out of time. Well,
3: should we talk more? We should, I thought we were in a hurry. We should talk more about Erasmus then because Luther said at the end of his life, uh, he said that the, he, there's really two things that he wanted, two of his writings that he wanted to stand. That was the small catechism and his The Bondage of the Will, which he wrote against Erasmus. And Luther teaches in The Bondage of the Will, it's a marvelous text, I mean a fantastic text, but he teaches that regarding the things of God, we have no freedom at all we cannot like we say in the catechism choose to believe in god or the holy spirit or any of this but that uh, but that god comes and gives us faith he creates in us faith to believe in him so that our salvation is the result of nothing that we've done nothing that we've thought nothing that we've said it has no, it does not originate in ourselves but rather it originates in god in in his mind and in in his death on the cross. I mean, that's where our salvation comes from. So this really, I mean, this book, The Bondage of the Will, is marvelous, and it holds forth uh, the the truth that the Lord alone gets all the glory for our salvation. Yeah, uh, and,
2: and as you mentioned, he's speaking of the will uh, uh, of, of above, or of heaven, um, whereas... Uh, here on Earth, we do have free will in, in this world uh, do we not we have uh, decisions of of what job we might take or or uh, you know what kind of even sm- uh, down to the smallest things um, but we do have free will on this earth whereas uh, sometimes today I think you might hear the opposite way around you' hear uh, that you do have free will to you know choose God or to not choose God to to ask Jesus in your heart or to not that 's your choice but yet you 're supposed to seek god 's will in decisions like
3: uh, uh, what job to take. Yeah, that's right. I mean, this is one of the big problems with American evangelicalism is that it's it's my own choice to serve God and to receive Jesus but it's I have to pray and fast for weeks and weeks to figure out what outfit I want to wear in the morning, you see. But this is the opposite of the way it is. We have a freedom when it comes to the things, how Luther would say, the things below us, the things of this earth, the things of creation. What job to take, what wife to marry if you're a lowly seminarian and any <laughs> woman would have pity on you, this sort of thing. But you don't have the choice to serve God, to keep his commandments. That, that comes only from the Holy Spirit working in the scriptures. All right, let's play this last one then. All right. Church father or, and again, understand church father loosely as character. It should be really church history character because all these guys are kind of theological criminals, uh, most of them (laughs) anyway. But church father or biological layer which forms on a slow sand filter. (laughs) I get the two confused frequently. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. One is (laughs) schmutzdecky. The other, schmucker. So the two choices are Schmutzdecki and Schmucker. One is a church father, and the other is a biological layer which forms on a slow sand filter. I don't even know what a slow sand filter is. <laughs> you want to guess on this one? Uh, again, I think the latter is the church father. That's right. Sh- Samuel Shiman Schmucker was an um, early American uh, Lutheran. Uh, he was really a disaster to Lutheranism, though. He had uh, what was called the American Recension of the Augsburg Confession which took the Augsburg Confession, which is kind of the declaration of Lutheran doctrine, and it stripped away really the heart of it. It stripped away their approval of the liturgy. It stripped away private confession absolution, uh, the gift of regeneration and baptism, the Lord's Supper, uh, the presence of the Lord's body and blood in the Lord's Supper, and it added a Sabbatarianism that the Lutherans ought to worship on Saturday. So he he was trying to make Lutheranism palatable to the American continent. Uh, but ended up having no Lutheranism at all. Uh, Schmutzdecke, on the other hand, is German from grime or filth cover. It's a complex biological layer formed on the surface of a slow sand filter. The Schmutzdecke is the layer that provides the effective purification and potable water treatment, the underlying sand providing the support medium for this biological treatment later. The composition of any Particular schmutzdecky varies, <laughs> but will typically consist of a, a gelatinous biofilm matrix of bacteria, fungi, protozoa, rotifera, and a range of aquatic insect larvae. As a schmutzdecky ages, <laughs> more, more algae tends to. De- this is invigorating there's, radio there's, there's right a- <laughs> There's a reason you're in a biology teacher. <laughs> <laughs> More algae tends to develop. A larger aquatic organisms may be present, including some bryzoa, snails, and annelid worms. Got Thank you it? for that. Yeah, sure. Hey, uh, if, if you're, <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: if you ever wanted to get involved in such exciting games such as these, uh, next segment of Table Talk Radio is your chance. Uh, Patrick Wolfman has a little game for you to play. To join in uh, with Table Talk Radio, uh, well, that's right after this commercial break. We'll be right back.
1: Table Talk Radio is listener supported. If you would like to help with the financial needs of Table Talk Radio, just click the donate button on our website, tabletalkradio.org, or mail us at P.O. Box 223, Yuma, Colorado 80759.
2: Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Uh, Man, I I have to say, I
3: triumphed in that game, uh, Church Father Orr. Evan, for the first time in the whole history of Table Talk Radio, is coming back from the break, counting his points. It's true. And for all of you listening, uh, it's time to wake up now. We're on to the next segment. He's just mad because I did well in that game. He's, He's usually winning. We have a game on this next segment, which is our listener participation game, which is, as everyone knows, my very favorite game that we play, listener participation game. Today we're going to play uh, Name That Theologian, where I'll give you a couple of quotations, and then you got to send in uh, with the right answer, and then you win big prizes. Uh, so here's the quotations, and then uh, Evan, the lowly seminarian gag line, will give you the number to call. Uh, here's the first. You must know that there is no other God than this man, Jesus Christ. Take hold of him. Cling to him with all your heart and spurn all speculation about the divine majesty. Well, there's the first one. Second. But you must learn from Paul here to believe that Christ was given not for sham or counterfeit sins, nor yet for small sins, but for great and huge sins, not for one or two sins, but for all sins, not for sins that have been overcome, for neither man nor angel is able to overcome even the tiniest sin, but for invincible sins. And third. I avoid all speculation about the divine majesty and take my stand in the humanity of Christ. There is no fear here. There is sheer sweetness, joy, and the like. This kindles a light that shows me the true knowledge of God, of myself, and of all creatures. So there you have it. Those are the three quotes. If you know who said these, you can uh,
2: call this number. 866-851-5523 is the number, or you can email me, evan at tabletalkradio.org. Once again, if you do choose the voicemail route, uh, that's fine. Just leave some way for me to get a hold of you for if we uh, pick you as one of the winners. That number again, 866-851-5523 or evan at tabletalkradio.org. You know, earlier in the program, Pastor Wolfman, we were talking about, we were playing the game, Which Ladder? And uh, that was based off of a book, uh, The Quest for Holiness, by Adolf Caberly. And we have a great privilege uh, because uh, Pastor Hans Feeney from Mount Calvary Lutheran Church, a brand-new pastor at Mount Calvary Lutheran Church uh, in Denver, Colorado, is here with us in studio, and he uh, actually wrote his uh, thesis for his Master's Divinity, from Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne. So welcome to Table Talk Radio. Thank you
0: very much. I'm glad to be here.
3: It's fantastic when you play a game based on a book and then, the, the you know, the expert on the book just wanders by the church <laughs> and comes in the studio. So this is fantastic. So thanks for being here, Pastor Freeney, uh, and uh, and for bringing this to us. Now, you know, the
0: Quest for Holiness is a kind of a dense theological book. It was written, what year was it written? Uh, it was published uh, as um, as Adolf Kaverly's doctoral thesis uh, in, I believe... The Early twenties. I had to have to check my my biographical information on that again, but sometime around there. And as you're reading through this book, you say,
3: "My, this is thick." I mean, yeah. it
0: is it is
3: very very dense. And so the question then is what uh, what is the book saying, and, and why such an interest in it? In other words, what benefit does it have for us today?
0: Um, well, yeah, as, as you say, it, it is a very dense book. I, I uh, sort of uh, liken it to uh, it's a lot like cheesecake, and that it's very delicious and very wonderful. But after just a few minutes of digesting it, you just kind of say, "Okay, I need to sort of take a break for a while and, <laughs> and right. catch my breath." Um, it's it's an incredibly important book um, because it the quest for holiness is is basically a, a theological work that Adolf Kaberly wrote. Adolf Kaberly is a very um, very sound confessional Lutheran theologian. Uh, And the book details and explores the scriptural understanding of of both justification and sanctification and the relationship between justification and sanctification. Justification obviously being what we talk about that um, basically meaning that God's declaring us righteous for the sake of Christ, so in other words, that God sees the perfect righteousness of Christ and gives that to us, uh, and thus declaring us to be righteous. And sanctification uh, basically being uh, what we talk about sort of leading a Christian life, or in other words, the Holy Spirit working through us to an end of, of holy living, basically. And understanding the relationship between those is is very important. And one of the reasons I had wanted to—I did my work on Caberling basically to kind of give an explanation uh, for what I did— Um, is I I attempted to basically take the core structure of his arguments, kind of simplify the narration a little bit so that it's um, a bit more accessible to the average reader, Uh, and also to update a lot of his references. So, for example, when he's pointing out various false doctrines, heresies, errors, and then also great solid theology – to kind of update the references to what he's talking about, so that a modern audience would know precisely what he's referring to. Because with a lot of these heresies, um, my vicarage pastor uh, once had a great quote when he said that the devil is essentially lazy and he doesn't work very hard in leading people astray, and he has a tendency to recycle himself a lot. <laughs> as we'll see, as you see throughout history, the same heresies kind of pop up over and over again. And I think that's certainly true today. It's, it, it's true in kind of our modern American pop Christianity um, landscape, uh, just as it was true in the, in the time of Adolf Caberly in about 1920s Germany, that a lot of the theological problems that you see um, are really the same ones we're facing today, just with different mouthpieces proclaiming them. Well, tell, tell us about
3: some of those problems. I mean, what do you see today just in the American church as the biggest problem? Is it with understanding justification rightly, or is it with sanctification, or
0: the relation between the two? Or right. What? Yeah, well, it's always a combination. I mean, you can, you can never—if you have an, a proper understanding of justification, you'll always have a proper understanding of sanctification. And if you have an improper understanding of either one, the whole thing is poison, because they're, they're inseparably related. I mean, it's a lot like talking about law and gospel, where uh, it's very difficult to, um, to, to get one wrong and maintain uh, a proper understanding of the other. I think probably and certainly in our American audience, our con- contemporary American audience, one of the big problems we have today is certainly in kind of American evangelicalism is an understanding of of what precisely Christian living is, what what the importance of it is, uh, and, and what relationship it has, in fact, to justification. Now, as Caberly rightly points out in his book, uh, the relationship of justification and sanctification is—they're completely interconnected, inseparable. And it's a very kind of organic relationship between them, and that when we have been justified uh, by when we've been justified by Christ, it's through that justification, um, and it's through uh, through the Holy Spirit then guiding us through that justification that we are in fact enabled to lead a Christian life. So just as, um, just as Christ is our righteousness and justification, in other words, uh, just as God declares us righteous and declares us um, basically um, worthy of, uh, of eternal life because of Jesus, so in the same way, when it comes to leading a Christian life, um, our our lives aren't pleasing to God because God sort of keeps a record and says, "Okay, well, here are the you know uh, thirty great things you've done and the uh, other ten great things you did this month," and therefore that um, wasn't Evan
3: that he was talking about. Yeah. Uh, thanks. <laughs> the list no. would be not much
0: lower. Man. Seven things he's done. Yeah. He's yeah. Up to about <laughs> seven, that, yeah. seven for the lifetime. Um, but but nonetheless, um, so it's not as though um, God. Uh, our lives are pleasing to God because of what we've done, but rather our lives are still pleasing to God And when, it, when we look at sanctification, because Christ is still, just as he's the essence and the substance of justification, so Christ is also the substance of sanctification, so that when, God, when, uh, when we do good works and when we, lead a God, when we do things that are right in the eyes of God, he sees them as right, he sees them as holy because of the same Christ who died to save our sins and who died for our justification.
3: That's marvelous. So that, now you, I think, mentioned in the break, the problem is that American Christianity might understand the gospel as kind of getting started. You had a a name for that, but then it's up to us to keep going from that.
0: Right, yeah, I call it the jumpstart theory of the atonement. And um, what's kind of funny about it is it's, you see something, it's very similar to actually kind of the Roman Catholic doctrine. So it's very typical of what you see in a lot of American evangelicalism is that they vehemently despise uh, the Pope and Roman Catholicism, but yet they always end up kind of coming full circle and espousing the same false doctrines just kind of with another bit of a slant. This, so what I would call the jumpstart theory of the atonement is basically the idea that, okay, right, we, well, we understand that we can't sort of save ourselves and that in order, to be, in order for God to view us as righteous, uh, that Jesus has to do that. So it's like you're in a car where the battery is dead. So Jesus sort of jump starts the engine for you. But once he's jump started the engine for you, it's then up to you to drive uh, your car across the finish line into, into basically a life of sanctified living. And it's up to you to do that. We we play a little segment sometimes on the show
3: called bumper sticker theology, and that's one of these bumper stickers: uh, Jesus is my co-pilot. Right, <laughs> you've seen that, right, right? Exactly. But what you're saying is, look, no, Jesus—he he not only is the battery, he is the ignition, he is the steering wheel, right. he is the—he co- is the fuel, he is the gas, he is the car itself, uh, he is the driver. I mean, you might be dead, but he throws your corpse in the trunk and drives you. Uh, into heaven, that he's doing everything,
0: both right. in our justification and in our sanctification. Right, exactly, yeah. And th- I think that's, um, that's something that's very important for American audiences um, to understand because so much of kind of the pop Christianity preaching is focused on, well, how can we lead a Christian life and how can we do the right things? And, and you're, they're always encouraging people to look within them own, themselves and to look to their own strengths and their own powers um, to lead that Christian life. As opposed to always trusting in the fact that it's Christ Himself uh, who is the substance of that, and that uh, and that leading a Christian life in fact comes f- simply from faith in the gospel that Christ has achieved everything for you. I mean, I think basically to summarize it as best I could in just a, a few seconds, um, what's important for us to understand is that uh, God absolutely requires a holy life of Christians, but there is absolutely nothing that God requires of us that Christ himself has not already given to us in full.
3: Thank you very much, Pastor Feeney, for being here and for giving this to us. I think it is marvelous that even though we, everything we do is stained with sin, absolutely everything we do and everything we are has been covered by the blood of Jesus and the forgiveness of his sins, and that's our only hope in life and in death. Yes, thank you uh, for coming in, uh, Pastor Feeney. Uh,
2: Thank you also for listening to Table Talk Radio. Uh, You can catch us again at the same time, uh, same place, and uh, we'll see you there next time here on Table Talk Radio.
1: You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to questions at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message 866-851-5523. Be sure to check out our website tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.